0: You are loved more than you know by someone who died to know you, Romans 5 and 8. You are listening to Get Lace. Let's Talk. Shade Kelly here, wishing each and every one of you a happy and blessed Easter. It's an honor to share with you all a special Easter Day sermon from Pastor Ricky Georgetown of Evergreen United Methodist Church. Evergreen United Methodist Church is located at 1011 Chickenbridge Road, Brandon, Mississippi, 39042. Although things are being done a bit different this year and may seem a little off, now is the time to become a better version of yourself. This is a time for new beginnings and renewal. You can follow Evergreen United Methodist Church on Facebook at Evergreen United Methodist Church. And all seeds should be sown at PayPal, EUMCFinance1 at gmail.com. Select Friends and Family. Here is A Crying Son, an Absent Father, and a Necessary Cross by Pastor Ricky Georgetown of Evergreen United Methodist Church. Enjoy, happy Easter, stay laced, and stay blessed.
1: Thank you, Jesus. What a den I owe. Debt. Yes, Lord. Let, let, let that just resonate with your spirit right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And then think about the fact that he didn't have to do it. But he did. He decided to die. Church, he decided to die. He decided to die. He decided to die. He decided to die. Decided to die. Decided to die. Yes, 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 Just so that we can live. Thanks be to God. What a debt. What a debt. A debt that none of us can pay. What a debt the God. Thanks be the God that the ransom was paid. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Now, Lord, it's preaching time. And Lord, we come to this moment trembling. We come trembling, God, because we know of it that there should not be any preaching until you, the preacher, shows up. So, God, show up in me, Lord. So your people will know more about you and less about me. Speak now through me, God, for all of your servants are listening. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be found acceptable in our sight. Oh Lord, our strength and redeemer. And the people of God said amen. 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 And amen again. Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Truly the Lord is good. Come on, we can do better than that. Let's praise the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. Thank Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. For the time, the next few moments, for this resurrection service, I want to use as the text this morning, Matthew's gospel, the 27th chapter, verses 45 through 50. Originally, it was just going to be 45 and 46, but I want to go all the way to uh, verse 50 now, Matthew 27, verses 45 through 50. Matthew 27, 45 through 50. If you are at home, or wherever you are, maybe you're at work, if you don't mind, why don't we just stand for the reading of God's word? Amen? Amen. Matthew 27, 45-46. Right. New Testament. And the word reads, From noon until three in the afternoon, the whole earth was dark. At about three, Jesus cried out, With a loud shout, Eliah, Eliah, Lama Sabbathani, which means, My God, my God, why have you left me? After hearing him, some standing there said, He's calling Elijah. One of them ran over, took a sponge full of vinegar, and put it on a pole. He offered it to Jesus to drink. But the rest of them said, Let's see if Elijah will come and save him. Again, Jesus cried out with a loud shout. Then he died. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated in the presence of our Lord. Saints, I want to use uh, this morning as a semantic thought. A crying son, an absent father, and a necessary cross. Let me say that again. A crying son, an absent father, and a necessary cross. On a here far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. I know I'm in the land of milk and honey, but if there is anybody in this house that knows anything about suffering, is there anybody in here that knows anything about suffering? Is there anybody out there that knows anything about suffering? Yes. Any true no limit soldiers, Jesus' disciples up in here, up in here, up in here, despised and rejected by men, a man or woman of sorrow and acquainted with grief? Is anybody else in here acquainted with grief? Yes, yes. If you are not acquainted with grief, keep on living. Grief is coming. Keep on living. Grief is coming. Grief is coming. Pain is coming. Yes. Your haters is on the way. All right. Yes. There's such, there's so much going on in this world that causes pain in our lives. I want to suggest to you today. That is the pain it is the pain of the ninth hour that causes you to cry out to god and i don't know about you but sometimes my pain make me a little crazy and i keep it all the way real with god sometimes my cry isn't god why haven't you forsaken me sometimes In Mississippi graduate from high school only reading at fifth grade level. God, where are you well, when the HIV rates keep going up in the black community particularly among our heterosexual sisters and pastors and churches Aaron's pastors and churches aren't willing to talk about it. God, where are you when a historic church in another country burned and three black churches In Louisiana, burns, and yet only after the the denomination to the tune of 60 million to Notre Dame that folk decided to help the black church in Louisiana. God, where are you? When our government has spent an unknown amount of money to investigate the Russian influence on our democracy and the possible collusion. And a 400 page report comes out That we can only see A redacted report, Which is 4 pages God where are you, where are you? The darkness in this world yes. Causes me to feel the pain Of the ninth hour It makes me want to holler God where in the hell are you yeah. yes, Lord. The ninth hour is a cry it, it, It's the cry When you get sick and tired Of being sick and tired Jesus who has the weight of the world on his shoulders. Jesus, who has been judged and no fault was found. But still the Hosanna crowd became the hating crowd. Let let somebody miss that, so let me say that again. The Hosanna crowd became the hating crowd. And they said, crucify him. Is this Jesus that is sick and tired? And he says, my God, my God, why? Have you forsaken me? Wow. Those words were so raw with emotion that we still have them in Aramaic. Mm-hmm. Jesus' mother told Eloi, Eloi Lama Sabathini He's been beaten, y'all. Mm-hmm. Blooded. Mm-hmm. Bruised. Mm-hmm. Battered. Blood is streaking down his head. It's moving down his body into open wounds. His streaks down his legs which are weak legs which brought him from Bethlehem to Nazareth, to Cana to Bethany, to Galilee, to Jericho, to Jerusalem, at one time even brought him across the water. Oh, yeah. Jesus is hanging there on the cross. We can safely assume his face is twisted with the agony of crucifixion. He is trying hard to lift himself up to breathe. He can barely breathe imagine that breath which once proclaimed Lazarus come forth breath which once proclaimed take up your man and walk breath which once proclaimed our father who art in heaven breath which once proclaimed open your eyes and see breath which once proclaimed your faith has made you well breath which once proclaimed go your way and sin no more and all in words He can say our words from scripture in Psalms 22. Jesus obviously feels forsaken and abandoned. No wonder some have concluded that Jesus was only a normal human being, feeling let down because God didn't stop him from being crucified. But is that really what's happening? Is that really why Jesus is crying out like this? I don't think so. Not, Not least because Jesus has predicted over and over again, I am going to Jerusalem. I am going to be marked and flogged and crucified. I will die, but I will rise again. He said, I will die, but I will rise again. This is not Jesus suddenly surprised. A lot of times when things happen to us, we're surprised. But I need you to know this morning, Jesus is not surprised. You need to touch somebody in your house. Uh, uh, Give them a virtual high five and say, Jesus is not surprised. It might have surprised you. But Jesus is not surprised. Forsaken. This is not just because he is dying, but because the father has turned his face away. That's what the darkness means in verse 45. It has been dark for three hours from noon till about 3 p.m. Can you understand how strange that is? Dark and midday, not just cloudy. I'm talking about pitch dark like nighttime. What an entire atmosphere that must have been. People knew that darkness was a well-known sign of God's displeasure. Such as we read about in Amos eight and nine. God speaks there through the prophet Amos about a coming time. Within that day, declares the sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. So what's going on? Why was God so displeased? Why has God the Father turned away from the one and only Son, Jesus? To find the answer, we need to turn to two parts in the Bible. In Isaiah 53, we find a prophecy written around 700 BC. Words that predict about God's servant that he took up all of our infirmities, he carried our sorrows, he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquity, the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That substitution, he took our place, y'all. I'm so glad he took my place, and he took your place. You ought to be glad this morning. He took your place. Yes. Have I got anybody glad that he took your place? You ought to be glad that he took your place. In Second Corinthians five twenty-one, we read, "God made him who had no sin to be a sin offering for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God." That's imputation. God considers Christ's righteousness to belong to us. In other words, as someone once said, on the cross, God treated Jesus as if he lived your life so that he could treat you as if you lived his life. Somebody missed that, so let me say that again. Uh, On the cross, God treated Jesus as if he lived your life so that he could treat you as if you lived his life think of it. All of your sins and mine laid on Jesus. All of our little white lies laid on Jesus. All of the little stuff that we think nobody else noticed laid on Jesus. All of our back body laid on Jesus. All of our hooking and crooking laid on Jesus. On the cross Jesus was bearing the guilt of all the sin from the beginning until the end of time and God can't be in the same room as sin. So he turns away from his precious son. Imagine the person you love most in this world. Imagine that you are cut off from them. It's as it's, it's, it's though they don't exist anymore. Imagine that magnified trillion fold for Jesus on the cross. How can we understand what that felt like? But today, saints, let's make sure, make sure that we understand one thing. Let's get one thing straight this resurrection Sunday. Because at that moment, Jesus was God-forsaken. You will never be God-forsaken. You might feel God-forsaken, but you will never be God-forsaken. When Christ is your Lord, the wonderful promise in Hebrews 13, 5 is yours. Never will I leave you. Nor will I forsake you, but have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior to take hold of this promise? You must take hold of Christ Himself. Four things we learn from these words of Jesus on the cross, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down and let you enjoy your Easter meal wherever you are. Four things. Four things. Are you ready for these four things? The first thing is we learn how terrible our sin is. We learn how terrible sin is. I need somebody to know that sin is terrible. You say it's terrible. I I wish I had somebody that said sin is terrible My little lie, My moment of pride My selfishness Our moments of I can't do anything for you Unless you can do something for me Our moments of helping somebody out And telling the world about it My sin killed the perfect son of God That's how bad sin is the second thing I need you to learn is that we, we learn how amazing God's love is. The second thing, how amazing God's love is. A young boy came up to his mother one evening and handed her a piece of paper. On that paper, he had written a following list. He said, for cutting the grass, five dollars. For cleaning my room, one dollar. For going to Peekly Wiggly for you, one dollar. For babysitting my little brother while you went shopping, one dollar. For taking out the rubbish, $1. For getting a a good school report, $5. Mom, when you added up the total is you owe me $14. Well, his mother looked at him for a moment, and then she picked up the pen, turned the paper over, and wrote the following words. For the nine months I carried you while you was growing inside of me, no torch. For all of the nights I sit up with you, nursed you, and prayed for you. No charge. For all the trying times and all the tears that you caused me through the years. No charge. For all the nights that were filled with dread and for the words I knew were ahead. No charge. For the toys, the food, the clothes, and even wiping your dirty nose. No charge. Son, when you add it all up, the cost of my love is. No charge. That God in Christ, y'all, should come to personally pay our sins with no charge. We can only say, wow, God, how you must love us. The third thing I need you to learn today is we learned that from this text that it's okay to feel abandoned sometimes. And even though we can't trace him, we gotta learn to trust him. Somebody missed that, so let me say that again Even though we can't Trace him, we gotta trust him In the process I need, I, I'm i i speaking to somebody right now You gotta trust him I know you're going to hell, through hell right now But you gotta trust him I know you can't seem to see, see the light At the end of the tunnel But I tell you to keep on pressing You gotta trust him In the Bible, Job felt abandoned by God He lost his family his wealth, and his health. He felt kicked down by God, abandoned and forsaken. In the Bible, King David felt like that. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? My Those were King David's uh, words, first in Psalms 22.1. There were words of a good, good person who was suffering and couldn't work out why. David had big family problems. He was on the run he felt forsaken by God in the Bible Martha and Mary felt like that they said Jesus if you had been here our brother wouldn't have died why did you leave us in the Bible Jesus on the cross felt so devastated by God's apparent absence that he almost screamed those words of prophetic scripture my God why have you forsaken me sooner or later saints Sooner or later. I said sooner or later. Or later or sooner. Many of us will ask the question. Many of us will cry the same cry. Where are you Lord? When a plane crashes. When a storm comes our way and literally takes our breath away. When divorce happens. When our children start acting stupid like they have lost their last little peace of mind. Where are you, Lord? Yeah. When you do all you can for another church member and then instead of it stab you on your back. Where are you, Lord? Are you? When you introduce your best friend to your man and you find out they've been having coffee behind your back. Where are you, Lord? When your best friend since high school tries to sleep with your wife. Where are you, Lord? When COVID-19. Yes. takes Take several of your family members and your church members. Where are you, Lord? I know I'm in Mississippi and none of this stuff happened around here. I'm talking about Louisiana and all the rest of the world. I'm talking about stuff that makes you, that make, make that shapes you and take you to another level that brings you and brings the worst out in you. I'm talking about stuff that make you want to kill a Negro, catch a case, and ask your ng to come put a few dollars on your commissary. When a relationship breaks up, where are you, Lord? When, so, when love one dies Where are you Lord When sickness strikes Where are you Lord When God doesn't seem to answer Your perfectly good prayer Where are you Lord At that time Remember that you ain't good company With Job David Mary Martha And even Jesus Even good Christians will feel abandoned sometimes but God is still true. He said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. The fourth thing, the fourth thing, the fourth thing, and I'm, I'm about to take my seat, the fourth thing, is we learned that, we
0: learned what to do in our darkest hour. A young Jewish girl lived in Warsaw ghetto in the, the darkness of the Second World War. She hid from the Nazis in a cave and wrote these words of a poem on the wall of the cave. She said, I believe in the sun even though it's not shining. I believe in love even when feeling it or not. I believe in God even when he is silent. That reminds me of what an old Baptist preacher once
1: said. He said that in the awful darkness of the midday midnight, Jesus took hold of God with both hands. Then he said, my God, my God. At the end of the day, you see, when Jesus screamed these words, they were not words of despair, they were words of faith. Those words were not Jesus' last words, nor were they Job's last words, nor were they King David's, and they won't be your last words either. What do you do when your darkness hour is upon you? What did Jesus do? Hold on to God with both hands. I tell you to hold on to him with both hands. He just got it with one hand. But I dare you to hold on to him with both of those hands. And though you may not fully understand, you hold on to him and don't let him go. Because of Jesus, he has promised you, never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. Yes, this is not the end of the story. And it ain't over yet. Jesus, yes, Jesus, the son, cried out. Yes, Jesus on the cross, in his darkest hour, felt abandoned. But before I take my seat, I came this morning to tell you uh, two things. It it, it is the cry of your darkest hour that causes the light to shine. Let me say that again. The first thing is, it is the cry of your darkest hour that causes the light to shine. The second thing, and the cross is necessary. Hello, hello, somebody. Somebody, please go tell Peter. Go tell Judas. Go tell James. Go tell Matthew. tell Bartholomew, go tell Andrew, go tell John go tell Philip, go tell Thomas, go tell Simeon go tell James, go tell Matthias and the other James too, that it had to happen this way, he had to go this way the cross was necessary since you will have to cry sometimes sometimes you are going to feel like God is gone, you will feel just like Jesus felt God forsaken. But don't be afraid to carry your cross because trouble don't last always. Yes, Lord. And you can't get to heaven with a lot, without a little bit of hell. No cross, no crown, no guts, no glory. That's why I'm thankful for the old saints that would say, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the bird. My hearts rolled away at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. Then, that second verse says, This it was there by faith that I received my sight, and now I'm happy all the day. Thank you, Jesus. This resurrection Sunday, thank you, Jesus, for showing us how to cry because we gotta cry sometimes. Thank you, God, for the promise that you will never leave us, nor will you forsake us. And thank you, God. Don't get caught up in the cross. Maybe you are bearing your cross right now. But I stopped by on my my way to heaven to tell somebody in three days, days. he he rose. The cross. Of the story. You shall rise again. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. Put your hands together for all the Holy Father. The cross, it was necessary. Thank you, Jesus.